Yo, we're live. Once again, I'm going solo in my draft show. I tell you what, man, this is one of the better drafts that I've had as far as, you know, excitement to the teams that I'm associated with. You know, I'm both an Eagles fan and a Steelers fan. And yes, I can be both. I played for both teams and both teams gave me the, you know, some of the best uh, memories I could have. I mean, to be drafted by the Eagles in 1995. You know, so that's one of the most momentous days of my life, you know, that in my sports life, I get drafted. But then I won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. So, you know, I mean, both of them, you know, are, are kind of special to my heart. And I thought both teams did what they were supposed to do. I mean, especially Howie. I mean, that really shocked me. Howie, I can I will say this. You're out my doghouse for a little bit. You actually pulled off something I didn't think you were going to do. I mean, you traded back into the first I me mean, uh, back into the top 10. And go get the guy that the entire city wanted. I mean, I wanted a cornerback. But as you saw, these cornerbacks were so good that they went back to back. What? Um, you look at J.C. Horn went to the Panthers first at pick number eight. And then the Broncos went and got Patrick Sertain. I mean, that's unbelievable for them to get those two picks. And especially the Broncos. I tip my hat to the Broncos. I appreciate that. You did us a great favor here in Philadelphia. Because I knew without a without a doubt that they were going to pick, you know, with them picking up um, Patrick Sertain the second, that Dallas, they would have stayed at pick number 10. They would not have traded out with the Eagles. They would have stayed at pick number 10 and picked up Patrick Sertain had he been there. But once he once they threw that screwdriver in there, it messed up their whole draft. They got to you know, scramble from off their draft board. And, and, and go in a different direction, which allowed the Eagles to then go in and open up communication with this Dallas team and trade the pick, and which helped us get Devontae Smith. Now, Devontae, you know, I don't think he'd have went to Dallas. In fact, I know he wouldn't have went to Dallas. They already have three pretty good receivers. But they didn't get Patrick – because Dallas didn't get Patrick Sertain, they didn't go with it. So I'm, 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 I'm so glad they did that because Howard Roseman engineered the trade in which they got the city's – now, the new city's darling, Devontae Smith, and from this point forward, he has a little grace now with the city, man. But, you know, just looking at these kids and understanding what they're going through right now. I mean, none of these guys slept. None of them slept. You know, all 32 guys have been up, either flying to the teams that they got drafted to, partying from being able to, you know, to, 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 to establish a dream that they've been dreaming about for since they were, you know, we high to now being an NFL player. They're going to get paid now, first rounders. But I did like this draft. I liked the way it worked out. And it was pretty status quo. You know, the first the first four picks were pretty status quo. I mean, Kyle Pitts going with the Falcons. I thought they were going to try to trade out of it. You know, I thought, you know, a team like the, the, the Patriots would try to engineer a trade to get in there to maybe scoop up one of the big-time quarterbacks. But, hey, Belichick got his quarterback also. He goes and he drafts Mac Jones, pick number 15. That is a good pick by them. I mean, Mac Jones, you know, I'm not hating on Mac Jones. Let me, let me say that first. I'm not hating on him. You know, Mac Jones is a pretty good player. You know, if, it, if this has been 10 years earlier, Mac Jones probably would have been the number one pick in the draft. It's because these new quarterbacks, you know, these uh, – well, no, Trevor Lawrence, he's still been number one. But – because Mac Jones is just a drop back quarterback, it's one of those things where you know that's why he's gonna, you know, he he 
he's going to be, you know, going down as far as his stock to a team because he's not the new wave, uh, almost baseball s type of throws type of quarterbacks. He's traditional drop back quarterback, drop back, read the covers, get the ball to the receiver. Nothing dynamic. He has functional speed in the pocket. He's not one of those athletes going to want rival protection or boot protections and all that. You're going to need a running game to complement him and his ability to push the ball down the field. But I mean, that's a good pick by Belichick. I thought the trades, you know, you know, with the Eagles and Dallas trade was great. They ended up getting uh, pick number 84 in the third round. That's, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, that's not too high a price to pay to get, go up two spots to get your guy. You know, morning guys, what's going on, man? My, I'm always, I always got my boys. You know, what's going on now? But um, you know, this draft was kind of crazy. And then Dallas turns around and picks up a really good player in Michael Parsons. Kind of fits who they are. You know, the, the you know the you know the the villains in the NFCs. So they go get you know Michael Parsons. You know, he had a shady history as far as hazing on players while at Penn State. You know, and and. To tell you the truth, you know, a lot of teams still do that. Um, you know, it was it's, it was done in, in NFL locker rooms. Look what ha- situation happened in Miami back in the day where, you know, Martin got picked on by, you know, the offensive lineman. So, I mean, that, that happens. But, you know, this kid is going to be good. He's going to be really good, you know. But as I go through this draft and the experience of being in a draft, this is, you know, this is totally crazy, you know, how – as they go forward, you know, how are they going to go in? How are they going to, you know, be with the teams, the communication with the teams? You know, are they going to be practicing, uh, you know, with OTAs and things of that nature? Because at this point, they still don't have the code protocols knocked all the way out. I mean, it's going to be like last year. I think last year's football was it was a little bit um, behind the ball as far as, you know, the offense is catching up with the defense. You know, it took a while for them to catch up and, you know, and be the defense, I mean, the offense that we had. You know, defense is always going to have a leg up at the early start of a season because it takes a little while for the offenses to catch up with their cohesiveness and what they want to do to get your identity. You know, it usually takes four weeks for a team to get their offensive identity, and then once from that from that point on, they know what they do good, and that's how they go into it. But you know, I mean, it's it's this is going to be an interesting off season because they know that they need those OTAs. They know that they need that practice time together. They need to get to know the teammates and learn what it is to be a pro. And, you know, that's, you know, that's what it is. But, um, I mean, there was so much stuff that happened. You know, I mean, even things outside the draft, you know, you're right, Joey B. How about A-Rod? A-Rod to Denver? I mean, I mean, that's, that's it, they're trying to get the deal done. I don't know if they got it done or not, but I mean, that's, that's, that's huge, man. I mean, the day that these days quarterbacks have so much power, and 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 they're trying to wield it right now. So, I mean, I I don't know if he's he's there yet, but you know, this could be huge as far as quarterbacks having an opportunity to change teams as readily as they can just by saying, "All right, I want to trade now." All right, I'm not coming back. I mean, it used to be that you know you you could say all you wanted to say until you blew in the face, but a franchise quarterback saying he wants to go and he has the ability to leave. That is absolutely amazing that they can do that. That's crazy that they can do that. But it looks as though they're going to get a job, um, get a deal done. And that makes instant credibility to this Broncos team to, to be a contender in that division. I mean, at this point, Big Red, Andy Reid, he's looking at this possibility like, yo, 
we don't need this. We definitely don't need this. All those AFC teams, we don't need Aaron Rodgers in the midst. Because look at the weapons that he has. I mean, that, that, he instantly gets in and, and you know, Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton, he becomes one of the best receivers in the league because a quarterback that can execute the offense. I mean, it's going to be crazy the amount of talent that they have at the wide receiver position. I mean, from this point on, Jerry Judy will become one of the dominant players in the league because he has a quarterback now that can execute the offense. Now teams can no longer stack the box and stop the running game. A-Rod will change everything in Denver. So, I mean, this, this, this is going to be one of the blockbuster trades, not just because, you know, A-Rod, you know, as A-Rod is who A-Rod is, but, I mean, they're going to have to give him a deal. I mean, this all started with him wanting um, an extension. And instead of an extension, they wanted to, you know, reallocate his money so they can get under get more money in the salary cap to go out and get more players. And A-Rod was like, no, uh-uh. I want you to go ahead and guarantee me a couple more years. Extend me out. Show me that you want me to be a Packer from this point on. And they just wouldn't do it. The agent was going through it with the GM and, you know, trying to get a job, um, get it done. They couldn't get it done. So we're at a position right now that trying to execute this trade. So this is going to be crazy. You know, I mean, I, I can't wait to see, you know, how everything unfolds as we go through this, you know, this offseason. Because if that happens, you know what's going to go on in Seattle. You know, Russell's going to be like, yo, they just executed that trade. Well, I'm not coming back unless I'm getting the trade also. And it's going to be a domino effect. I mean, the Eagles started it. They allowed Carson Wentz to Debo his way out of Philadelphia. And now it's just going to be kind of ripple effects. You know, just like dominoes going to start falling, all these major quarterbacks that wield power are going to start wielding that power. You know, because, I mean, people understand, you know, when you go to look at a salary cap, it's probably 10% of the players make 80% of the money. 10% of the players make 80% of the money. You know, so the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the specialists, they they get all the money. Wide receivers and, and, and you know, DBs, they get all the money. Left tackles and rush-ins get a lot of the money. But everybody else, you know, it's the status quo. You know, they, they, they're right there at the meme. You know, I think the average salary is a little a little under $500,000. You know, and that's, that's great money, you know, to people like us. But, you know, it's, it's almost being in a poorhouse, you know, on an NFL team. I can remember sitting in my locker, and I'm sitting next to Casey Hampton, and my locker's in between Casey Hampton and uh, and 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 Je- uh, Jeff Reed, my quarterback. And then Heinz Ward was on the other side of him. And I looked over one time, and uh, Casey said, hey, man, look at this, man. Look at all the taxes they took out this check. He had more taxes out of his check than my uh, my net income. Can you believe that? I mean, he had more the taxes taken out than my net income um, on my check. So, you know, that's what you're dealing with in the NFL locker rooms. But, you know, let's get back to the draft. Like I said, it was kind of status quo, you know, for the first four picks. You know, I really thought that the Falcons were going to trade out, get Kyle Pitts, um, you know, and, you know, and maybe orchestrate a trade, you know, for a team that wanted to get down and get a quarterback. But they get Kyle Pitts. Now, look at how that team's going to be. Man, it's crazy the amount of offense that they're going to have with Matt, you know, Matty Ice. He's got everybody he wants right now. That's all he needs to get this offense going in the right direction. There should be no more excuses as they go forward. Because Kyle Pitts will handle everything in the middle of the field. In between the seams, he's going to be a dominant player. Dominant. You know, and, you know, his ability, his catch radius, how fast he is. He's going to garner you, you know, at least putting a bracket coverage on him. 
And then you got Julio on the outside, not Cordell Patterson. You know, you know what type of athlete he is, what he brings to the table. So man, that's going to be, you know, a great offense. That's, you know, and I give them an A as far as, you know, their, their draft, um, their draft this year. With picking up Kyle Pitts, I give him an A. Then you go to the Bengals. The Bengals, I give them an A also. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to give them a B or maybe even a B minus. Because they did get the most explosive player in the draft with, you know, Jamar Chase. But it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to get the ball to Jamar Chase if you don't have somebody to protect your franchise quarterback. That kid got beat up. They beat him to hell last year. That's why I thought they were going to go in and get Penny Sewell. But they choose to go with the weapon. Those two get reunited. The last time Jamar Chase played, his quarterback, Burrow. So this might be a match made in heaven if he can stay upright, if he can stay healthy, if they don't continue to smash his brains in, you know, they don't get any help to help him out. It's going to be tough on him. Um, you go to the Dolphins. The Dolphins go out and get another weapon for Tua. Jalen Waddle. He was our number three wide receiver in his draft. But, you know, you, you, you can't you can't not look at the speed that he has. He's more than just the speed guy, though. He can run every route in the route tree. I mean, he creates separation with his speed, but he still keeps his feet underneath him, and he gets the top speed like that. So that's a great weapon. I'm going to give you know the Dolphins uh, a B plus on getting Jalen Waddle. The Lions they get Penny Sewell. I'm going to give him an A for that. I'm probably an A minus. You know, they need to protect Jared Goff. They probably need to get him a couple more weapons also. So they should engineer some weapons for him. Uh, in the next couple of rounds, rounds he didn't have anybody right now to throw to. His two biggest receivers, you know, Jones went to uh, I think Jones went to Jacksonville, um, and the other kid went to the Giants. You know, so who is he going to throw to? You know, going to be, you know, they're going to need to find somebody to to go out there and, and catch some balls for him. But I mean, at least they got the best offensive lineman in the draft, and he'll be protected. He'll stay upright. Next, the Broncos. I mean, uh, next to the Panthers, the Panthers go out and get J.C. Horn. He was rated my number two cornerback. J.C. Horn is going to be great in that system. I mean, look how the length that he has, um, the aggressiveness that he has, and the speed that he has. He's, he's probably the most um, explosive out of the corners, you know, the top three corners in this draft. He's a fierce competitor. You know, so that's a good pick by them. That's an A pick by them. The Broncos get Patrick Sertain the second. Um, you know, it, it kind of shocked me that they, they got Patrick Sertain. I mean, both the top corners go back-to-back, and uh, they pick up Sertain. Um, they just went and got Ronald Darby from the Washington football team. Now they add Patrick Sertain. I mean, that's a good pick also, so I'll give him an A-minus on that pick. Eagles. Now, this was crazy. I mean, for them to get Devontae Smith and Howie Roseman able to execute that, that trade, I got to give it to him. He finally got – the guy he was supposed to get. I mean, of course, like I said, I wanted to get the, you know, either one of the two DBs, whether it be Horn or Sertain. But he executed a trade to get Devontae Smith, one of the most explosive players in his draft. And this kid is more than just, you know, a guy that, you know, 165 pounds. He's six foot one, probably runs a four five, maybe even a four four forty, but what he brings to the table is some consistency at the wide receiver position. Something the Eagles have lacked for a long time. And when I say consistency, doing the basic things like creating separation in his routes. His route running is elite. 
That's why he was able to get, um, what is it, 44 touchdowns? I mean, he averaged a touchdown a game in his college career at Alabama. A touchdown a game. That's what he averaged. So I think he played in 44 games. He has 44 touchdowns. I mean, give or take, you know, might be 45, might be 46. I mean, I mean, I'm not being specific, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. This kid is amazing. In the championship game, three touchdowns. I mean, I know Sarkeesian is a good offensive mind. You know, he's now the head coach of, 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 of Texas. But the mere fact that everybody, once Waddle went down in week seven, knew the ball was going to Devontae Smith. You knew it. You can write it down. You can take a picture. You know the ball is going to Devontae Smith. And they still couldn't stop him. That just goes to show what type of player he is. Now, everybody's saying he's 165 pounds, 170 pounds soaking wet. He's been that size his entire, you know, his, his entire career at, 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 at Alabama. They say he tried, he tries to gain weight and eat. He tries to lift. You know, you never talk about his work ethic. He lifts hard. He runs hard. He just can't keep the weight on. But he has those intangibles. Number one, he creates separation. But the biggest factor, and it's something that the Eagles have been missing for so long, is his ability to catch the ball. He's a hands catcher. And he doesn't drop a lot of balls because he catches the ball with his hands. You know, like usually, you know, younger receivers, they like to catch the ball with their body and usually it hits them and it bounces off. Well, he's going to catch the ball with his hands. And that consistency right there is going to keep the chains moving in that offense. And that's exactly what his Eagles He might be one of the fastest possession receivers in the league because that's exactly what he's going to be. He's going to be Jalen Hurts, who he played with two years, a safety blanket for him. Somebody he knows he can throw to. Carson Wentz had Zach Ertz. Well, this is going to be, I mean, just like, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's got his tight end. He has Kelsey. Well, this will be his Kelsey. This will be a guy that he can look at and rely on to get those crucial third downs. And he's not a guy that disappears in the red zone. Usually when you have a guy slight in size, I mean, you look at D-Jax. D-Jax, the closer you got to the red zone, they would just take him out because he knew that he would get lost in there. He wasn't going to run across the middle. But Smith ran across the middle. He caught the ball. He has a 41-inch vertical. So he'll go up and get the tough contested catches. So his catch rate is pretty good. So he will be that consistency in the offense at the receiver position the Eagles have not had in a long time. Somebody to go out there and catch all the time. A faster um, Jason Avant. That's what I'll that's what I'll equate him to. A faster Jason Avant. They say they compare him to guys like uh, you know Marvin Harrison. That's a great comparison. I mean, we ain't gonna put the gold jacket on him yet. And plus, he doesn't have you know. Peyton throwing to him either. You know, that's 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 also a crucial difference. You know, Peyton's throwing to you, you could be a little um, – he'll make you a little better than what you really are. But, yes, this consistency is what the Eagles needed in the offense. And I think this is a great pick, probably one of the best picks that Howie Roseman has ever executed. And to listen to the, the press conference, it was a great press conference because I heard some things in that press conference that – really made me light up because, number one, as a group, all three phases, 
We're talking to the GM, the scouting department, and Andy Waddle, and the coaching staff all grouped together and made the pick. And, and that's, you know, that's that's something that's been unheard of uh, on an Eagles team. But usually you know, the owner and, and, and Howie were just basically, you know, overriding everything. But they stuck to the draft board, and that's huge. When you stick to the draft board, these guys, these scouts, you know, these, they, these, these, you know, these, these metrics have all been gathered together and put in the list. And this is the best that they can get with what they're trying to run in his offense. And, you know, I heard from, you know, the, the coach. He said, you know, hey, look, these guys on this team have to learn it's different now. You know, it's not just going to be an X, Y, and a Z. These guys got to be interchangeable. They got to play each position, know each position. And that's those are the teams that are successful. Guys that can go out there and just play um, one position and, 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 and one-trick ponies, they don't usually last long, and they usually don't have a lot of success. But when you could be interchangeable and play all three wide receiver positions, it only makes your stock go up, and it gives you more reps on the field. When you get more reps on the field, that's when you start going out and making plays. When you start making plays, that's when you start getting paid. So you eat good. You know what I'm saying? Play good, eat good, get paid good. So if you can become interchangeable with all the positions, you could be a better player. And I think that's what Sirianni and, and, and the rest of that coaching staff is going to try to do. That's why the competition thing is big in Philadelphia. It was not just the quarterback position where, you know, it's Hurts, you know, and, and, and Flacco. Everybody had to compete. Everybody, you know. So – I'm looking forward to see how they make this transition into this into the division because this division really got better. I mean, they got a lot better. You know, just like I said, you know, um, with Dallas, once they traded out, they traded back. And when they traded back, they went out and got Micah Parsons in that defense. The old man retired in the middle of that defense. So they needed another linebacker to come in and be that force. And Micah Parsons could play any of the linebacker positions. He is going to be somebody to be reckoned with in the division. You know, Lee, Sean Lee was there for, for countless years. You know, he started, to, you know, he for the past, what, five years, he's been hurt more so than he's been on the field. But when he's on the field, he produced. Well, this kid here, how big he is, strong he is, fast he is, he can play every position. And he has a chip on his shoulder because a lot of people doubted him because of what happened earlier in his career. He said he learned from it. He knew it was wrong. You know, that hazing stuff, you know, is something that, you know, every team actually does. You know, I've been in a many NFL locker rooms. I've, I've played in four, I mean, five teams, and all of them had, you know, rookie hazing. You know what I mean? I mean, you just have to, you know, you got to pay your dues. You know, quick story. Um, I, uh, you know, rookie always has to take the position out for, you know, dinner. And I mean, my rookie year, I ended up paying like $11,000 to take all the offensive linemen out and two quarterbacks out. And we went to this place called Bookbinders. Long story long, I had to get two limos and I had to pay for dinner, drinks, and everything. My bill back in 1995 was $11,000. $11,000. I'm like, yo, I mean, I'm playing free for a whole, um, a whole week. You know, I played for free that entire week. Well, my second to last year in the league, same thing, you know, the rookies, Max Stark and Chris Kimawatu took out the offensive line and they had three quarterbacks. The mill, the tab at the end of the night was twenty six thousand dollars 
I was like, yo, that's incredible. $26,000. But, hey, that just comes with, you know, I did it. You're just facing what others may have met in the league. That happened, you know. But, I mean, this, you know, Micah Parsons in Dallas is going to be an unbelievable player, unbelievable talent. Hopefully he gets his life straight. You know, he's get pointed in the right direction. If not, he's with Jerry. You know, Jerry will forgive his transgressions and, you know, allow him to play. You know, that's just, you know, that's just what, the, you know, how the league looks at, at Dallas. You know, you got a bunch of thugs out there, I guess. I mean, you tell me, you know, I'm not a Dallas fan. I took less money to go to Dallas. In fact, I took $100,000 less to go to Dallas and I went to Detroit instead. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was kind of foolish. But, uh, yeah, I did do that. You know, they offered me a contract, $100,000 more than Detroit. I said, no, I can never play for Dallas. I can never play for Jerry Jones. Long story long, I went to Detroit. I should have took that $100,000. It would have been a whole, you know, went a long way as I think about it, you know. But, hey, you know, it's over now. But, uh, I mean, a lot of these teams did great, you know, like the Bears. The Bears hopefully finally got their quarterback. In fact, they got Justin Fields. To me, I think that's an A trade. They did it. They made it happen. I think it's a great trade for them. Um, they got, you know, Andy Dalton there. He'll be able to learn from Andy Dalton. And I think Justin Fields, he was the second best quarterback in my evaluation. The second best in my evaluation. So, you know, I I, I liked him as a quarterback. You know, I I, I thought that, he, you know, he's, he's probably the best dropback, well, the second best dropback quarterback to Lawrence. He was an athlete. Fast, big, strong. You know, there were rumors that he was the first, I mean, the last person in, first person out. Well, that'll change. And once you get to NFL level, you're going to hone your craft. Even if he did do that, things change when you get to the NFL level. I mean, he'll have to go out there and learn the offense. He'll have to, you know, stay around and stick around to watch more film. You know, he has to digest more than the average player because he's going to get an opportunity. They're going to force feed an opportunity to him. So he's got to be ready. And at this point, Andy Dalton will be the starter, but he'll still be uh, a player that I think will be pretty good. In fact, I think he's going to be better than um, than Zach Wilson. I mean, to be honest, you know, this is just my assessment, and this is what I saw when I broke down film. And that's the only way I could say, you know, I'm not talking about anybody else's breakdowns or anything else. But I did not think Zach Wilson to the Jets was the, you know, second best player in this draft. I don't think Zach Wilson was even the – Third or fourth, no, he was probably the fourth best uh, quarterback in this draft. The fourth best. Um, you look, you know, everybody, you know, Lawrence, of course, he was number one. But I think Fields was my number two guy. Then I went Trey Lance. You know, this kid's a winner, you know. We'll see what he does at this level. But talking about all the intangibles, size, speed, quickness, his ability to run the ball, I thought he was number two. Now, Zach Wilson, he's not a pushover. But can he run a run um, a drop back quarterback system? In BYU, they moved him around a lot. They had different launch angles in which they had him throw the ball. They ran waggle protects. Waggle protects is when the backside guard pulls around. He kind of escorts the quarterback out there, and that's how they got the big plays pushing the ball down the field. If you watch all the highlights, he's always by himself throwing a rock. It's not going to be like that in the NFL. You know, everybody's fast in the NFL. Everybody's an All-American. So you're not just going to be able to outrun people, you know, like he did in this conference. So that's why I I, I valued him to be lower. Maybe they they, – I know they saw something different with the Jets. And, uh, you know, Douglas, you know, the GM, 
he's tied to this kid, you know, for the next three or four years, you know. So hopefully, you know, he does work out. But I think he'll have he'll be he'll have the I'll put it like this. I think he'll have the least success out of the four quarterbacks, you know, that, that got picked up in the first round. Well, it's actually five. He'll have the least success out of all of them. I think the kids like, you know, um, you know, Lawrence will definitely be a success. Uh, Trey Lance will be good. I also think that Fields will be also be good. But um, Mac Jones in that system up there with uh, Belichick, with the with the Pats, I, I gave him an A on that um, in the pickup. Belichick does it again, gets his quarterback and didn't move. Only he does stuff like that. He's going to be a good quarterback in that system. They're going to get around him. And I think Wilson will have the least success out of those guys as they go forward. Um. You look at the Chargers. The Chargers did what they needed to do. They needed to protect their franchise quarterback, and I think they did that with the second-best offensive lineman in the draft. Rashawn Slater, big-time talent. He made his money by going down and shutting down Chase Young, and at that point, he was the best player in college football. Nobody stopped him. Nobody stopped him, and he shut him down. You didn't hear his name the entire game. Northwestern, when they played – um, Ohio State, he shut him down, and that's how he got paid. Kind of like me, you know. I can remember when I was going, you know, when I was in the process of, of, of going into my senior year. Well, and that year before my senior year, I played in Nebraska, and at the time, Trev Alberts was the number one defensive player in the country, and I totally shut him down. And from that point on, my name was on every list as far as offensive linemen in the country. In fact, it pushed me up from being like twenty. To being up to like number number three or number four as far as um, offensive linemen in the country because I took and I shut down Trev Alberts from Nebraska, and then also I went to you know to Oklahoma and played against Audrey Beavers who was like a top ten talent as far as rushing the passer. Jason Gildon was in o- Oklahoma State, um, you know he was you know a top ten pass rusher. You know I played against some of the best in the country my senior year in my junior senior year would push me up the ranks. Well, same thing happened with Sean Slater. Plus he's just a baller. He's one of the guys you put on the left tackle and you set it and forget it. Just put him out there, set it and forget it. And you won't hear his name. And when you're an offensive lineman in a game, if you don't hear a guy's name, that means they're balling. Cause that means he's not drawing any attention. He's shutting down who's ever in front of him. And you know, he's going to have a very productive career. Um, at 14, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker. I, I was really surprised uh, that he went that high. I mean, I had him ranked high, but, you know, the Jets, they needed somebody to protect Wilson. Well, they got a pretty good, consistent guy in Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, in USC, he played offensive tackle for a major part of his career, left tackle. I think he's going to be an okay tackle. I think he's going to be an excellent guard, though. I mean, he could be an okay tackle, but they move him into guard. He turn, now turns into a pro bowler. So, as you know, as his career goes on, look at, you know, check him out with the Jets. That's a good pick for him. That's an A pick for him. Did they overvalue me a little bit? I think they did, but it's all of a, it's all according to, you know, the people that are left on the um on the on on the list of players to you know on their draft list. So, I think that's a big big pick for him. I already said, you know, the Pats, you know, getting Jones Great pick with the quarterback. A guy that you haven't heard a lot about, Zayvon Collins, linebacker. Perfect fit for this Arizona team. Perfect fit. 
I really think this kid is going to be – we're talking about a 265-pound linebacker and can run. And what his strength is is actually being able to play – um, you know, play the field as a as a pass defender. I mean, he had like four interceptions in his senior year. We're talking somebody who went 265 pounds. He was probably should have been the defensive player of the year. That's how good Zayvon Collins was. But he went to Tulsa. Not a lot of uh, press in Tulsa. But no doubt this kid was, I mean, great in college. Did everything, you know, that he needed to do to show that he's worthy of a number one pick. And all this kid has to do is lose some weight. I mean, he's 265 now, but he's a soft 265. But he cuts weight, gets his weight down. That's going to give him another step. He's going to get a little faster. He could be a major force in that in that, in that that um, Cardinal defense. Next, you know, I mean, as I go down the list, Miami gets Jalen Phillips. That's a great pickup for them. He's probably the best polished pass rusher in this draft as far as you know rush-ins he was a number one recruit out of high school ends up going to ucla um has retired because of concussions ends up coming back and they said he couldn't he did come back went to miami and picked up from where he started picked it up and became a dominant force for this miami team that's a great pick for them um i i was you know i was okay with you know the Washington football team, and they're getting Jamon Davis. I mean, their defense, you know, their front seven is is their, 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 their greatest asset. Their front seven on defense is how they make their money, you know, and, and you know, that defense will be great. I don't think – I think it was a little overkill on getting Jamon Davis, but, hey, whatever. The Giants, they trade back from the Bears. Bears get Justin Field. They trade back, and this is why I say it was a great – job by Howie going out and executing the trade with Dallas. What do they pick up at pick number 20? They go out and get Kadavius Tony. We're talking about, you know, a gadget player, not necessarily a gadget player. He's the Tyree. He's going to be the Tyreek Hill of that offense. Fast, thick. Um, You can run a lot of stuff with him. Jet sweeps, reverses, tunnel screens. He's quick. He's explosive. He brings a lot to the table. As far as receiver, he's going to be a slot receiver. Going to be hard to, for, for him to get Sterling Shepard out of that slot position, but he's definitely a talent that's, that's worthy of getting, you know, being drafted in the first round. I think that's a good pickup for the Giants. Um, and you could tell they were going to get Devontae Smith. If, they, if the Eagles would have stayed at 12, they would have had to go out and get a player like Tony. But instead, Howie executes the trade and gets their guy with Devontae Smith, which makes the Giants then go to Kadavius Tony. So, like I said, that's great work by Howie. He saw that the you know the Giants were interested in him, and, and he pulled and executed um, the trigger. <clears throat> the Colts, they go get Quiddy Pay. Now, Quiddy Pay, you know, defensive lineman out of, out of um, defensive end out of Michigan. I like Quiddy Pay. I think he's unrefined as a pass rusher. At this point, he just ran over guys in front of him at the college level. You can't do that in NFL. You're going to have to learn some pass rush moves. And once he gets with a coach that can teach him the basics of pass rushing, instead of just running into a guy and, and, and throwing him down, you can't do that in NFL. He's going to have to learn to take half the guy, one-fourth of the guy, 
and work pass ups rules as he goes up the field. He's going to have to do that. But until he learns that, he's going to be tough. But he is one of the elite level run stoppers uh, in this draft. Um, Titans, I don't know why they've got Khalid Fairley. Um, I, the word is, you know, he already had back surgery. He said he got back and he's, you know, was 100%. Now I'm hearing that he still may need um, a back surgery. He was the number one corner at the time before the back surgery. After the back surgery, hopefully he gets back. He has great skills, power, strength. He can, you know, he can shut down just about any receiver in the league. He was a talent, you know, but he's got to get those medical issues uh, taken care of. Um, the Vikings go out and get some, you know, some plas blocking with Christian Derisaw out of you know, VTech. That's a good pick for them. You know, they need some offensive alignment up there. The Steelers, you know, like I said, my 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 second team. I mean, this one A, one. I mean, you know, they're right here with me. You know what I'm saying? Got drafted by the Eagles. Won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. So they're right here. You know, they, they're right here. They're even with me as far as my love for, for, for football. They go out and get somebody that they needed, Najee Harris, running back of, 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 of an ilk that, you know, he could carry the ball consistently 20, 25 times a game. He could be a bell cow back. And I think that's what the, the Steelers have missed for a long, long time. Their ability to run the ball consistently, go out there and Debo – um defenses were about just pounding it you know it's nothing like three yards in a cloud of dust you know and that was a luxury that i had my last four years in the nfl being with a steelers team that had jerome bettis and you know you know without a shadow of a doubt if if money was on the line and we had to make some plays we can go in and 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 give the ball to bussy three times and we're going to get a first down Get a ball, ball to Bussy three times and get a first down. We could do that consistently. 99 yards down the field, and they could not stop him. That's a luxury to have in Jerome Bettis. Why do you think Big Ben, you know, had all this success? When you have a running back to that ilk, I mean, there's nothing you can't, you know, you can't win when you have a, a, um, a back like that. Bussy was elusive. Even to be that big, he was elusive, powerful. But then, you know, to be as chubby as it was, he could turn it on and outrun angles. You know, he was he was he was a talent. You know, that I hadn't seen in a long time. You know, even with Detroit, with with the, with with Barry, Barry's you know the best running back I ever played the game. But Bussy's right up there with him, man. Got the gold jacket. You know, great to play with him. But Najee Harris going to the Steelers, great pick by them. Culver, no, you know, GM Culver, he knew that he had to get a running game going. Hopefully that offensive line follows suit and gets that that urge to start running the ball consistently, get that nasty disposition, you know. Hopefully that, that, that works out for him. But, yes, you know, that's a great pick by the Steelers. Jackson, Jacksonville goes to get Travis Etienne. They needed a running back, you know. They let Fournette go last year, traded him to, uh, you know, Tampa. So they needed somebody to come in and help this young quarterback in Lawrence. They needed somebody to, to you know, to, to be that guy. And I think Travis, Travis is definitely that guy. You know, talking about a guy probably runs a 4-4-4-3, but he's one of those guys, he's going to take the ball north and south. He's not going to wiggle. He plays the fast game. He's not He's not one of those shifty guys. He plays the fast game. He, he gets the ball, one step cut, and he's going downhill. You know, he's going to get those tough yards, but, you know, that's what he is. He's fast more so than being uh, explosive in that aspect. Um, 
you know, the Browns, you know, go out and get Greg Newsom the second. Good pick for him. I mean, it, it's going to be an elite level secondary, you know, with the addition of him. I was hoping the Eagles can get him in the second round, you know, but, you know, they, you know, it's hard to keep a guy like that. You know, I thought he was one of, you know, they said top three guys, well, it should have been the top four guys with Newsom being there, you know, plus the two corners from, from, uh, from uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, Stokes, he, uh, he got drafted. He got drafted pretty late, but, you know, I mean, yeah, he went to the Packers. You know, Stokes is fast. I mean, 4-2 guy, but can he cover? We'll see. But, he, you know, him going to to the to the Green Bay Packers, that's a good pickup for him, a really good pickup for him. Uh, the Bills, I think it's a great pick by them going out and getting Greg Russo. Defensive end for Miami. A little bit rough around the edges. He's an uncut diamond, but he has a size, speed, strength, and tenacity to go out there and play. I mean, he's a he's one of those high effort guys. He's got to learn some pass rushing moves. But that's a great pickup by the Bills. The Bills needed that. I mean, when they played Kansas City the last game of the year, they couldn't get enough pressure on Patrick Mahomes. So I'm glad they went out and got a guy that could rush the pass. And in fact, when in my evaluation, he was one of the top three pass rushers in this draft. And you know, he sat out last year to get ready for the NFL. Hopefully, he used that time wisely. He had a great pro day. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's a great pick for the Bills. And then, you know, after that, you know, this 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 draft was – I thought it was going to be a little different because, you know, with COVID and, you know, how do you draft a kid that didn't play the previous year? How do you draft a kid that didn't go to the combine? Well, these GMs and these teams, you know, found a way to do it. You know, from from film from last year, from these workouts that they had on pro days and, you know, just by word of mouth, you know, talking to coaches, talking to players, you know. This, you know, this is a unique draft, a very unique draft. And, you know, I, I was kind of surprised, you know, you know, how these GMs, you know, they really filled their needs the way they were supposed to. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, and, and you know, especially the Eagles, you know, I, I, you know, Eagle by heart, Steeler by heart. I thought both of those teams had excellent drafts. And, uh, you know, as they go forward, you know, hopefully they can keep it going. You know, we're going to get in the second and third round now, you know, and when you're a second and third rounder, it's almost you're in the same boat as the first rounder. The first three rounds that gets drafted are guys that should play immediately. They should have an impact. They should be on the field, whether it be in special teams, um, even as a starter, if you're alternating. They should have production now. This shouldn't be a project that you have to wait, you know, a year to, for this kid to come in. He should come in ready to play now. And that's, you know, that's that's just my thinking. That's the way it's been, uh, you know, since, you know, I've been in the league. They have to make sure they do it. So, um, you know, I'm anxious to see what these teams do in the next couple rounds. But uh, I really appreciate everybody. This is my second draft special. Um, had a great time. Thank you, Jacob Media, for allowing me to do this draft special. It was only supposed to be, in, you know, 30 minutes. But, I mean, not once I get to talking about, you know, this draft stuff and these players, you know, I'm kind of geekish with it. You know, I love talking ball and we're talking about these players and the amount of research that I did and looking these players up, watching film and everything. I needed an outlet for it, and I want to appreciate, you know, tell Jacob Media, I appreciate them allowing me to do it. This is Barrett Brooks. This was my draft special. 
Thanks a lot for watching.